to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. Hey, coffee lovers, my roast has finally arrived. Make your mornings better by visiting pbandjoey.com and grabbing a bag of my personal morning roast. That's pbandjoey.com. Hey, everyone, here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal? Investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock, I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. You're gay now? No, I'm not gay. I'm just celibate. I think, I mean, that sounds gay. I just want you to know that this is like the first conversation of like three conversations that leads to you being gay. Like, there's this, and then in a year it's like, oh, you know, I kind of get, I want to get back out there, but I think I like guys. And then there's the big, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a gay guy now. You're gay for saying that. I'm gay for saying that. You know how I know you're gay? How? How do you know I'm gay? Because you macrameed yourself a pair of jean shorts. You know how I know you're gay? You just told me you're not sleeping with women anymore. You know how I know that you're gay? How? Because you're gay and you can tell who other gay people are? You know how I know you're gay? How? You like Coldplay. PositiveSarcasm.com, recording here from the Spare Parts Underground Studio. Happy Wednesday evening, everybody. You can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me on Facebook.com slash POS Sarcasm, TikTok at positive uh, sarcasm. I think you can. Is Parlor back up? Is Parlor back up? Let's find out. I'm on. They pulled them from the server. Amazon jacked up the server on Sunday night. Uh, and then according to, I don't know, some news out, I think it was the examiner, Parlor was supposed to be back up. But I don't know yet. Uh, no, not yet. But when Parlor is back up, you can find me at POS Sarcasm. Uh, no Twitter. I feel better without Twitter. I don't even. I don't even know where to start. There is so much to go over. I'm so uh, news exhausted. Um, there's the news that I don't share on the podcast, and then there is the news that I do share on the podcast, and. Trying to make decisions uh, emotionally and financially in regards to one, uh, and then while following the market during the whole crisis, and then trying to find stuff that is in regards to my podcast, 
and I'm like, I'm not going to find anything that I could possibly put on my podcast. Everything is so uh, over here and I'm so over there. But then I got to, I feasted my eyes on this little article from the New York Post about a Danish, what is it? Uh, John Dillerman is not a person, but a claymation cartoon about a guy with a giant wong. And apparently everything he does, he just gets himself into trouble or he's, uh, I don't know, if uh, you're following along, you can go to, you just go on YouTube or Google um, John Dillerman about this. I'll, let me get into the article, but apparently the guy has a, he, it's claymation, so if you've ever watched like, um, what is what is that show that used to be on, um, the fuck is it, Robot Chicken? It, claymation, first of all, claymation is extremely hard to do. Claymation is extremely hard to do. So, like, I, I enjoy, I've talked about doing the Lego, uh, watching the Lego stuff on YouTube, the Lego World War II stuff. That is a lot of work. It takes a lot of time and effort. So, to create, like, uh, a, what was it, a Danish cartoon about a man with a super long penis. And first of all, I don't, apparently, it's supposed to be a, it is a cartoon. But I don't know if it's supposed to be aimed towards children. So let's go ahead and look into the article. So, uh, Danish, it's, it is, it is Danish. It's Den, is Dan Danish is Denmark, right? I don't know. Den, yeah, Danish. It says right in the top. I should read the fucking article. Um, Denmark's John Dillermand is a claymation cartoon who, like anyone else, enjoys grilling, taking walks around town, and eating ice cream. But some of those activities can be difficult for a man for a comically with a comically long schlong. Uh, the new television show launching on Danish television, Danish public television network DR, is aimed at entertaining four to eight-year-olds. Okay, good. Glad the four to eight-year-olds in Denmark have a sense of humor. Uh, producers would think will get a pro kick out of watching the perils of a man, watching the perils of a protracted penis. The show's creator Jacob Lay, a father of two young boys, two young girls, and a boy, claimed the show is about removing shame and embarrassment. When it comes to your bodies, without sexualization. However, Denmark's conservative crusaders have criticized the concept. The Guardian reported, "What in the world are you quote What in the world are you up to?" Dr. Ramajang wrote one parent on Facebook. Oh God, Facebook, referring to Dr.'s kid-centric network Ramajang. As a parent, I am mildly shaken and shocked by the line you are currently choosing. I am so deeply outraged, and I think it is so perverse and inappropriate. Uh, Inappropriate television for young children. This is the last time I let my children see Ramajang. So it's a picture of his dick trying to tame a lion. Uh, Christian goes a Chris, Christian grows a gender researcher at Roskilde University. Sorry to anybody over in Europe or in Denmark if I pronounce the name of your colleges and stuff. Look, I don't know how to fucking say your stuff, so just work with me here. Uh, he echoed the denunciation with academic insight. It's perpetuating the standard idea of a patriarchal society. Here we go. Uh, in normalizing locker room culture. That's been an excuse to a lot of bad behavior from men. What the hell is that on my finger? Um, it meant to be, it's, it's meant to be funny. So it's seen as harmless says gross, but it's not. And we're teaching this to our kids. Family psychologist, uh, Erla Heineson, Hochstad, Disagreed with the outcry. Ooh, really? So we got a lady. Uh, John Dillerman talks to children and shares their way of thinking. And kids do find genitals funny. Yeah, we do. Uh, she told The Guardian, the show depicted 
a man show depicts a man who's impulsively who's impulsive and not always in control well you can have any size penis and be impulsive and not in control like kids do but crucially D dillerman always makes it right i'll bet he does uh Hoshtag continued he takes responsibility for his actions when a woman in the show tells him that he should keep his penis in his pants for instance he listens which is nice he is accountable uh, she agreed that the, I'm, I'm going to check this out. Um, this is like watching Pingu the Penguin. She agreed that animators would do well to consider more difference in diversity in terms of body types rather than just a outsized diller. Danish slang for pe penis. Oh, diller. I got to remember that. Uh, oh, that's why it's called John Dillermand. Ah, John Penismand. Uh, but this is categorically, this, this is categorically not a show about sex. To pretend it is, uh, it is Project Adult Ideas on it, she said. DR responded to Dillerman's detractors by arguing that the show about a woman with no control over vagina could have just been just as entertaining, which they said was their goal, only goal for the show, to make kids laugh. Well, I guess uh, a show about a, a, a man who has no control over his penis compared to a woman who has no control over her vagina, I guess you would compare it to uh, the NBA versus the WNBA. One is barely watchable, and the one is not watchable at all. So I guess you could convey uh, compare the two. Well, the, what is this? The category, to pretend it is, uh, okay. So this show is um, projected towards children between the ages of four and eight. If you've ever watched a show called MXC Most Extreme Elimination Challenge, which took place in China, I think it was, or no, it was called, um, let me look that up. Yoshi's, what was it? Something Yoshi's Castle? What was it? Yoshi's, no, let me take, um, oh, wait, Toshi's Castle, I think it's called. Let me check, let me check that out. MXC uh, Elimination Challenge. Let me find that. Challenge. If I spell it wrong, oh fuck! See, this this is what I hate about this goddamn uh, tab uh, computer is uh, the freaking when they make the mouse pads too big, it just it fucks everything up. What was it called? Um, oh, Takashi's Castle. So this show, Takashi's Takeshi's Castle. This was a show that was in where, where was this? This was in Japan, I think it was. Yeah. Japan aired in Japan from 1986 to 1990, and it was basically an obstacle course show. But it it looked pretty basic. But then it was perverted and mutated for an American audience. So what they did was they dubbed it over. They made all the characters perverts, and it became one of the most enjoyable shows for me to watch in college. And it's actually pretty hard to find. Uh, it, like go on YouTube and try to find like whole episodes. It's not easy. It's actually uh, there's a copyright violation, so you, it's really hard to see it in the United States. So oh, I gotta get speak. Uh, let me get to that. Really, I'll get to that in just a moment. So when it comes to the Danish cartoon, this show is aimed towards like four to eight year olds. But who? I mean, God hopes that this show gets dubbed and sent to the U.S. for with an adult version. Because I think this would be extremely entertaining with a dude with a Where's Waldo dick, colored dick, uh, and flies around the neighborhood. It is like Mr. Rogers, only Mr. Rogers is super endowed. Um, speaking of, what was it? Okay. Speaking of uh, shit that's blocked in this country, so I got to go to YouTube real quick and go to 
I gotta check some shit out. This I just noticed this the other day about something that was on my channel. You guys know that sometimes I use um sometimes I use like commercial music because well, let's face it, I enjoy some you guys know I enjoy commercial music. I test it to make sure it's airable. Uh like it won't be blocked the minute I post it. And then I go ahead and I I post it and I just have fun. You know, it, sometimes you just gotta have fun with it. So I was I was reviewing some stuff and then I noticed that one of my contents, one of my contents, one of my videos had been blocked. And I'm like, huh? So uh, let me scroll down. It should be in year, let's see, go to the next one. Uh, let's see. If you guys are following along on, uh, you can go to my YouTube channel, positive one of my YouTube channels, Positive Sarcasm Podcast. You guys can go and check that out and then you can see what I'm looking at. Okay, here it is. So we did an Alanis, uh, let's wait, one, two, three, four, five. I think there was five of us who did an Alanis Morissette skit in a car. It was a good skit. We had a lot of fun uh, making it. But apparently, I just viewed it, it's blocked. Like, it's it's partially blocked. So it's not blocked in the United States. So let me just take a look at the details here of, of what's the situation. So it's partially blocked. Um, cannot. It's blocked in some countries. Okay, blocked in four territories. Syria, Iran, North Korea, and Cuba. North Korea doesn't have the internet. So, all right, I, I mean, I guess I can live with that. I mean, I, I'm really upset that my Syrian audience can't see some of my content, but I guess I'm going to have to learn to cater to, I don't know, Jordan, Dubai, Israel, and... uh. Iran, well, we're not going to go that route. Um, don't want to upset the upset the fucking what is it? Hezbollah? <laughs> Whatever. So yeah, um oh well, you can still watch, you can still see it on my Instagram. You can still see it if you live in the United States, Mexico or one of the other 6 million countries. Hmm. So, yeah. This Dane, so go ahead and check out this cartoon if you can. If you can get a hold of this, uh, it's called John Dillermand, and Diller in Danish is a slang for penis. Uh, so check that out, John Dillermand. Who's that? Is that Gotti? Who's that? I don't know who that is. Anyways, oh, I wanted to, before we jumped into some other articles, I wanted to bring this up because it's kind of cool. So my nephew dropped by the other day. He said he had something for me, uh, some artwork for the studio. And I'm, I mean, I'm going to debut it here. I mean, you may saw it. You may have saw it. It was on my timeline. You guys know I'm a Rogan fan, but, um, yeah, so he brought me this poster that I'm gonna put in the brand new studio coming up in uh, coming up in March, but it probably won't debut till April. So he brought me this. I thought it was super. I what the fuck? Jesus Christ! I'm running out of room over here. Uh, it's super super cool. So this is from the this is from the Rogan podcast where Elon Musk was trying weed for the first time, and uh, so he got me this this uh, was it sixteen by ten? Actually, let me get this out of the way. So yeah, he dropped he dropped by the other day and got me this awesome uh, frame, uh, this awesome poster. So this is gonna be pretty sweet. Uh, if you guys are watching, that is the first moment where Elon was uh, smoking weed on the podcast, and I think his his Tesla stock dropped like five percent because he had government contracts. So 
but this uh it went back up obviously and then and then did like a five for one split like a year later so i'm gonna get a frame for this and this will go up in uh the new podcast studio coming up in in uh, march that hopefully debuts in april but like it's kind of, it's that is like super awesome that is like a really i love the fuck out of this so i'm gonna absolutely put this up and get a decent frame for it or build one myself yeah, that's what's uh, that's what's going on um, here as far as updates go. Um, and then I broke my French press last night. That was fucking awesome. And I had to use, oddly enough, my uh, the flavor of my coffee when you put it in a French press is pretty aggressive. But when you put it in a pour over, it's actually impressively smooth. Where I generally had negative experiences with pour, with pour overs, although they say pour overs are the best way to make your coffee, but for some reason it took too long. But I tried this morning. I did it because it's the only thing I had was a pour over because I broke my French press. Now I'm buying a stainless steel one. But I tried the pour over for the first time in like a, two years, and I have to say my PB and Joey roast actually was really good in it. So um, that's actually good because it's a nice feeling to know that my my coffee works. In a regular pour, in a in a regular pot, in a French press, and in a pour over. So you know, it's nice to have that you know flexibility with my coffee. So I can only look to fine tune it. So that's one thing I'm really looking forward to. Oh, we have 15 minutes. We're gonna drop today. Uh, let's see what else is going on. All right. So I was watching the market a little bit today. It's all over the place. If you guys are looking to invest, look, just be careful. Take profits when you can. And if you are looking to long-term markets, I mean, there's plenty of them. But like I said, you you guys are paying attention to certain things. If you're going to put your money in the market, just be careful. Just be careful what you're doing. But make your decisions and don't freak out. Don't get scared. Profits can drop. Your, you can put your money in and five minutes later, you could lose 5%. But you don't lose your money until you uh, sell your stock. And that's when you actually lost the money. So just understand that don't invest don't invest with emotion, okay? You're trying to make money. That's it. That's all you're trying to do. I'll leave it at that because right now there's I don't really couldn't tell you what to invest in other than there are plenty of markets of opportunity and you can just watch for pattern and go from there. I do have my money in the market right now. Uh I'm looking for some type of ca serious cash out coming up in April. A serious cash out and then we'll go from there. But if I see anything else, I may pull additional funds early. But for now, I'm just going to continue on. So there was a bunch of stuff in the news that I, I had some concerns about or things I wanted to bring up. And mostly it is there is some tinfoil hat shit that I was looking at here. But I think we'll look with some uplifting stuff. I want to get to some dorky space news and shit. So let's go ahead over to KTLA. This is one that's been updated pretty much all over the world at this point. But let's see. All right. So this is from... Uh, We've been researching Jupiter's moons for quite some time, and there was a radio source that came from, was supposedly coming from one of Jupiter's moons. So let me just jump right into the article. And if you are watching, you can actually follow along now, now that I have more control over the OBS. Uh, the Juno spacecraft uh, orbiting Jupiter has discovered an FM radio signal. I didn't know the aliens used FM radio. Slow ride, take it easy. Coming from the moon Ganymede. Uh... Finding a finding that marks the first time detection from the moon, according to KTLA sister station KTVX in Salt Lake City, Utah. It's not ET, said Patrick Wiggins, one of NASA's ambassadors to Utah. Uh, it's more of a natural function. Juno was traveling across the polar region of Jupiter, where magnetic fields lines connect to Ganymede when it crossed the radio source. Scientifically, it is called a 
decametric radio emission. Here on Earth, we know it as Wi-Fi. We use it every day. Oh, so they got Wi-Fi. All right. No, no aliens. Of course not. According to Britannica.com, Jupiter's radio emissions were discovered in 1955, and over the last 66 years, more and more discoveries have been made about how the signal works. A member of the Salt Lake Astronomical Society once built an amateur radio telescope that could detect the electromagnetic radiation from Jupiter. Juno's mission is to study how the planet Juno's mission is to study how the planet Jupiter formed and how it evolved. Juno will observe Jupiter's gravity and magnetic fields, at atmospheric dy dynamics and composition and evolution, according to NASA. What caused the radio emissions from Jupiter Moon? Electrons, not aliens, cause the signals. The electrons oscillate at a lower rate than they spin, causing the electrons to amplify radio waves very rapidly. The process is called cyclotron mass masser instability. The electrons that generate the radio signal can also cause auroras in the far ultraviolet spectrum, a phenomenon also observed by, cam by the camera on Juno. Uh, the spacecraft saw the moon's radio emissions for only five seconds. It was flying at 50 kilometers per second, a screaming 111 miles per 111,847 miles per hour. Yeah, it's pretty fast. So wait a minute. Hold on a second. So it, it flew by really quickly, So, it, but it did detect the radio signal. But this radio signal was, uh, okay, decametric radio emission. Here on Earth, we know it as Wi-Fi. So wait a minute. So you're, uh, let me just do, do a peripheral questionnaire here. You're telling me it flew by, like say you flew by Jupiter for five seconds, but you happened to pick up a Wi-Fi signal with your cell phone from 50 kilometers away. How far is 50 kilometers? I'm not, I, I don't do that metric shit. 50 kilometers to miles. So that's 31 miles away. So you're telling me that they, we are we able to actually figure out like a Wi-Fi adapter that can that can pick up signal from 30 miles away? That would change everything. But it, that's what it said. That's what it states. Well, that's the guy with the dick again. Here we go. All right. So yeah, it's it says here. It crossed a radio source. Scientifically, it is called a decametric radio emission. Here on Earth, we know it is Wi-Fi, and we use it every day. So could we use the same technology? But the question is, is it, Jupiter's radio emission, how far out does it be? This, you know, uh, abnormal function, or this natural function. Okay, so naturally. So, oh, that's great. So if we fly by Jupiter, it's like a natural Wi-Fi hub. But the how big is Juno's antenna for reaching it? That's the question. Because, like, if you have, like, a regular cell phone, a regular cell phone can detect from within three to five miles a 4G or 3G radio, uh, 3G phone signal. So if that's the case, I got to change that on that computer. So the um, if that's the case, can we do the same thing with Wi-Fi? I'm not sure. I mean, Juno picked it up, but what? how far is, let's see, how, what's Juno's? Uh, let's see. Juno satellite. Uh, let's see. Radio range. Radio range. Uh, unless it was searching for it, but uh, Juno half pay. Blah, 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 okay, Jupiter's atmosphere. Radio options for land. Well, I mean, we do have. No, that's actually not. Let's see. Each electronics each each electron sensor weighs five point two five kilograms and is twenty one by twenty one centimeters in size, covering an energy range 
Uh, da, 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 da. Each sensor has a field of 120. Um, let's see. Is there anything about Juno's radio signals or how far it can push? Juno payload system overview. Ooh, sexy time. So let's take a look here. So this is uh, this is this is Juno, uh, also known as Elliot. Let me see. Jovian auroral distribution experiment. We'll measure the distribution of electrons. Here's the microwave radiometer. Uh, advanced stellar compass, plasma wave instruments. Ooh, this is fast. Juno cam sounds hot. Uh, we'll provide vis visible Jove uh, infrared. So that's pretty cool. Um, doesn't say anything about its range though, as far as radio. I mean, obviously, if you can send stuff back to us, that's that's a pretty big deal. That's a pretty big deal. Um, let's see what else it does. Turn around. Yeah, I don't know. Three cells. Mag magnometers are installed. Oh, it's a boom. A magnometer boom. A mag. Yeah, a magnetometer boom that is installed on the solar array. One is installed 9.8 meters from the spacecraft structure, and the other resides 11.8 meters from the SC bus. This is some fucking super dork shit. Um, that's pretty cool, though. I don't know. I I don't know what it says. It's there's, there's a lot to go through. I could spend all day on this stuff. Consists of six radiometers, each with its own antenna receiver that measures the radiation at six different frequencies. 600 megahertz, 1.2, 2.4, and 2.4 is actually one we use for regular Wi-Fi. And then 4.8, and then 9.6 and 22. They're fed... Okay, so that's one way of looking at it. So, yeah, that's pretty interesting. That's pretty interesting. Anyways, uh, let's just continue on. Let's just bang out through the next articles. Uh, let's see this. Mm. I haven't had Franny's in forever. Oh yeah, let's do this one, and then let's go ahead and just get right to Q and A because I'm fucking I'm fucking off right here. Let me see here. So, um, you ever think about when you go back to the beginning of the internet and how everything it was basically they created a language so computers could talk to one another. And it was, originally, it wasn't designed for the public. And then eventually, it did become available for the public. And then, boom, here we are now. But the the big concern is now that the World Wide Web is out there and everybody uses it, everybody has access to it. Well, it's basically an open market. And it's ripe for security breaches. It's uh, ripe for stealing. It's ripe for all kinds, uh, all kinds of things, stealing your data. And, of course, censorship. So the question is, is there anything we can do about it? Is there any way we can change things so that the consumer can take back the power? So according to Reuters, father of the web, father of the web, Tim Berners, Tim Berners-Lee prepares for a do-over. Uh, he's the British computer scientist who was knighted for reinventing, for inventing the internet navigation system known as the World Wide Web, wants to remake cyberspace once again. With a new startup called Inrupt, Berners-Lee's Berners-Lee aims to fix some of the problems that have handicapped the so-called open web in an age of huge closed platforms such as Facebook, which is big on censorship. Building on ideas and suppress well, by censorship, suppression, whatever you want to call it. Building on ideas developed by an open source software called Solid, Inrup promises a web where people can use a single a single sign-on for any service and personal data is stored in quote pods or personal online data stores controlled by the user. Quote, people are fed up with the lack of controls, the silos, says Berners-Lee, co-founder-in-chief, blah, 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 blah. 
This new updated web, Berners-Lee said, will enable the kind of person-to-person sharing and collaboration that has helped make the big social media services so successful while leaving the user in control. John Bruce, the veterans, uh, a veteran technology executive who is CEO of Inrup, said the company has signed up Britain's National Health Service, the BBC, the BBC, and the government of Flanders and Belgium as pilot customers and hope to announce many more by April. Inrup's investors include Hearst Ventures, Octopus Ventures, and Akame. Akame? I think they make video games. An internet content delivery firm. You know, there you go. Bruce declined to say how much has been raised. Bruce said that the NHS pilot was addressing the longstanding problem of incompatible medical records with Inrupt. The NHS could give everyone, quote, a holistic presentation of your medical history with various doctors and other service providers able to update the record, that record even as it remains in the user's control. A key aim for Inrupt is to get software developers to write programs for the platform. Inrupt, like the original web, is at its core mostly a set of protocols for how machines talk to one another. Uh, meaning that specific applications bring to life, bring it to life, such as a web browser. The use the use cases are so broad, like it's like a do-over for the web, Burner said. For more coverage, okay, so they're going to have more information on that coming up. Like, here's the thing, though. I'm like, I'm curious about where the, what is next for our use of the internet? Or what is next beyond that? Is it, I mean, like VR or what have you? Because we're at the point where everything goes through a web browser. Everything goes through a domain in a, in a, in a giant server. It goes And it basically, what is beyond this? What is beyond this? How do we as users take back our more control over what we do? Who we pay to provide us with that service? Is it be gonna? Is this gonna be to the point where right now, like things are so, there's so much monopoly and duopoly between companies like Com, like Comcast, social media companies like Facebook and Twitter, and then uh, news organizations like CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News that we're kind of, uh, what do they call that? Where it's, it all comes to one point and it's uh, everything's becoming congested or controlled. Um, and I'm wondering, are we going to be able to breach... Pa- like when podcasting started to become big, it pretty much took a lot of the power away from the mainstream media companies, a lot of away, a lot of uh, viewership away from Saturday Night Live, viewership away from the nightly... Sh- the night, you know, like Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel and all that stuff. And podcasts became the big go-to because, number one, they were free, Um it was it, there was more of a niche crowd where you could if you wanted to hear this person you didn't have to wait till they were on some type of nightly TV show or in a movie you could go right to them and get their perspective so that was the cool thing about podcasts and social media kind of gave you that power where you could get your voice out there and advertise your product and boom it was so much cheaper but now with tracking and data and security breaches and censorship and, and suppression and then companies like uh, the companies like Amazon taking over the web servers and basically just shutting you down um, like the like the situation with parlor um, I I'm, I'm don't get me wrong you can ar- one can argue that there was some type of issue where they were not in control of any type of incitement and violence and you guys you guys know where I'm going with that 
So Parler obviously has it's a new it is a new social media company. It was rising in the ranks pretty quickly, and due to and due to that situation that occurred a couple a week ago, um, basically all the big boys jumped on top of it and saw to it that it was banned. It was basically like the Apple Store and the Google Play Store, and then the Amazon servers, which all the data was stored on for Parler, they all just shut it off. And took out their competition essentially. So it was a hit job. That is that's that's a monopoly on the situation. That's like back in the day when AT&T and MCI were like the only two phone companies, the only two landline companies out there. And they controlled everything. That was the massive duopoly in the early nineties. And then and then they eventually went to trial and they were seen as a duopoly and boom, that was it. They were gone. MCI got torn to shreds and AT&T it, it, they had to be broken up and stuff, and they eventually came back. Um, they're getting their ass handed to them right now because they're relying heavily on their subscription programs to stay afloat. This is the first time in years that AT&T has not increased their dividend payout to its customers, and they're going to have to. They had to suspend. They had to not raise it this year in order to maintain liquidity. Um, but it caused their stock price to drop by at least a dollar per share. So, this whole redesign, and Parler is on its way back, which is cool, because I'd like to see a little competition uh, with different with different talking viewpoints. Because I've talked about this, like, when there's so much censorship hitting a platform, the platform does become less interesting. And people do, naturally, just... It's like you go to a... It's like you go fishing in a pond for so long, and then eventually two things happen. Either the pond runs out of fish or you're not allowed to fish at that pond anymore. So number one, you got to look for a new pond just altogether. So where do you go? Do you go to a lake? Do you go to a river? Do you go to the ocean? You eventually are just going to steer the audience somewhere else. Same thing in the 1920s when Prohibition kicked in. Prohibition kicked in after the Spanish flu and even though... There was, uh, you know, you weren't allowed. It was illegal to to purchase and dr- consume alcohol. It didn't matter. It was the Roaring Twenties. People went absolutely fucking insane. They were coming back from World War One, which ended in 1918. Um, there was the end of the Spanish flu at the end of the, at the end of 1918, and then when the 20s hit and everything was completely clear, it was all batshit crazy, and nobody gave a shit because they would get alcohol any way they could possibly see fit. And even though it was illegal, people found a way. People found a way. So if you can't fish at that pond anymore, well, we'll just go find our shit somewhere else. That's how this. That's how we work. It sucks for a while. It sucks for a while. Like, they could shut down my website. They could shut down my website. They could ban me from social medias like Facebook and Instagram or whatnot. I'll just go find other ones and I'll just go find a different audience and I'll let you guys know exactly what happened, where, what I'm going to, what my plan to do about it and then go from there. Uh, problem is I'm going to be finding a different audience, but I'll have to work, I'll have to work with that and I'll build it from scratch and it'll be stronger and more concrete than ever. The only way you could truly be blacked out is if the internet, the, like a domain service, like, uh, like an internet service provider such as Comcast blocks your blocks your website. 
then it's a different issue. Then that then this goes to a different level. This goes to a completely le- completely different level as far as legalities. But as far as doing like an internet do over how we share information securely, fa- I mean that is a whole issue right now with all kinds of antitrust shit going on and apps being banned and who has control of your data. And let's face it, this was a straight up hit job. Whether you agree with Parler or not, whatever they are, just look, it's an app that I use and whatever it is, maybe they, yeah, whatever reason, because I don't want to get too far into it. It's, it's an app that people were using. It was growing very quickly and then it was shut down in the sense that it was Apple and Google stores were no longer um, showing it, which means you had to manually go and download it. And then, of course, the servers, which were housing all of its cloud storage, shut it down. So it had to take all the information and go somewhere else with it. So that's the thing. That's like, okay, we'll just go and go somewhere else and do it. Like Gab is that one that apparently everybody does. They don't want to talk about, but Gab still is up. It still works. You can still download it. It still functions. It's just that you're driving by pushing people underground. You're going to cause major problems, as you can already see. So, I would like for there be to be a resolution, like a like we're at that glass ceiling where you have Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, and that's right now where we are. That's as far as you can go. Like, if you want to get your voice out there, if you want to get your content out there, that's as high as you can go right now. That is the ceiling. Well, what's next after that? What can we do after that? What's the next Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and whatever? Is there a next phase to this social media? There has to be. There's always a new a new bar to be set, a new program that's out there, a new company to invest in. There's always something else. The question is, what the hell is it? Who's going to control it? And how do we have access to it? Who's going to invent it? Um, and that's, yeah, that's where we are. There's always going to be a next phase. I'm just curious what the hell it's going to be. Or it, it, I find it fascinating that MySpace came out in, in the early 2000s, got popular really quickly, and then Facebook came along, kicked the shit out of it, and then it was gone. So Facebook was popular very, very quickly. It became popular. MySpace became popular super quick and then fell off the face of the earth. And then Facebook and Twitter came along and Instagram came along and now they're super popular. So are they going to be mainstream going forward or are they eventually going to become less popular and eventually something else is going to come up that's more interesting, more intuitive, and that's going to be it. The problem is, is that Facebook and Instagram, which is owned by Facebook and Twitter, are so big. They have lob- They have lobbyists. They have a ton of money. They have a shit ton of lawyers. They have control. They, And then you have Google on top of all of it, which is another problem altogether. Because at this point, you only have two options. You have a Google phone, so Google Android, or you have Apple, Apple phones. That's it. And it, what sucks is, if you want your app, your app, your app has to be approved by either of these two companies. Otherwise, you can't download it through that avenue. You have to go and manually download it. So these are the two things that you have to contend with. Where if if Apple doesn't like your podcast, they can just get rid of your podcast. They can kick it off the RSS feed, and then you have to go and you have to go another route. 
uh, Spotify can do the same thing. But I do have to say, though, it's a lot of it is kind of, I, th- I would say in some cases, it's o- or maybe it's a little overblown. I would hate to see one day where all of a sudden people, like these platforms, don't like what I have to say. But as far as if I didn't like to be on a per- certain platform, I would just get off of it. Like I've never, I've never used Snapchat, even though that is an alternative for some people. But I don't, I don't know how popular it is right now with people. I just know that it's fucking stock prices going through the roof. And if when I was on Twitter, I decided that I didn't like Twitter. I didn't want to use it anymore. I felt it wasn't healthy for me, so I just got rid of it. I got rid of it, and now that data, I'm no longer utilizing that company and they're no longer they no longer have access to my data but as far as google and apple that's it that's the only options we have is android and and apple what's i guess what we have to do i guess what we have to do is introduce a new operating system that's completely separate from android we need a third that's what we need i think with anything else in life is we need a third option we need another phone with a with with a, a a different operating system it just has to work and in a free market, that would be the case. We need a, uh, any company that you can say like, okay, you want a, what is it? Like a OnePlus or a Moto G or a Samsung Galaxy. It's like, okay, here's another operating system that you guys can play with. So try this out. Like I know the Windows phone was out there for a while, but people fucking hated it because it was based off Windows 8. And Windows 8 was certified garbage. There are so many computers that I've gotten free, for free, because these were the computers that were designed in the Windows 8 era. And what I did was I just brought them backwards and put Windows 7 on them, and now they're perfectly serviceable computers. So the plan, as far as if there could be, I think what would change the whole game, the whole game, is if we got another phone, is if a phone was introduced with a completely separate operating system. And you could still and it would still be very very friendly to all the current apps that are out there. Ones that are available on Apple, ones that are available on Android, Google Play Store, and that disrupts the market. So the big heavy hitters are Google, which owns YouTube. So we need a competitor to YouTube. We need a competitor to the Android app. That's super important. Don't get me wrong, I like the Android app but it's not what it used to be. Like if there was a Linux phone, if there was like a Linux phone or something like that, that extra competitor, that extra thing would tilt the whole market. It would tilt the whole market and it could actually open up a doorway to, to create competitors to Facebook, to create competitors to Instagram, to create competitors to uh, Twitter. You do that. You open up that market and I'm telling you, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and Android, and Apple, their share values and their their popularity would slide. It would slide. It would flatten. Absolutely. That's what we need. We just need that third cell phone option. And once we have that, it will create a whole new market of apps and competition that will put the other companies on their asses. And believe me, it does. They can lose. They can lose so much money so quickly. It happens that fast. I mean, it was only 10 years, 15, 20 years ago we were talking about MySpace. Everybody had a MySpace page. Then, you know, 
And then poof, gone. Completely gone. So what's to say that the next uh the next phone with the next open source software is not right around the corner or something beyond that or just to say are we just going to go backwards and you know start from scratch and people are just going to throw their phones away in general because right now phones are super invasive super invasive like designing the next house like there's going to be no electronics in my bedroom none no electronics whatsoever just a regular old clock radio with a soft morning wake-up call, and that's it. And then separate devices for everything so that I don't have to rely so heavily on my cell phone to do things. And another thing I'm going to be doing also is I'm going to be thinking I'm thinking strongly about if I'm going out at night is leaving my phone at home. If I'm doing anything where I don't need to bring my phone along with me because I have GPS in my car and I don't necessarily need my phone, I mean, I can... And problem is, is I decided this was a great fucking idea. I'm going to get one of those friggin' wallet, uh, one of those cell phone wallet thingies. So now my credit cards and my business cards or whatever are now attached to my cell phone. That was a bad decision on my part because now I can't separate the two. Well, at least I don't think I can. What I need to go is get like a Ridge wallet or something like that and take all that shit and put it in there. I think that'd be a really good idea. So if I decide to leave my phone at home, because really, do I need my phone when I leave the house uh, as far as what? I don't use Apple Pay. I don't swipe my phone at the gas station. I don't use it for that stuff. If I just plan ahead or something, or if I'm out with the people I'm supposed to be out with, then I don't need my phone. I don't need my phone at all. Uh, and I don't need a tablet with me. I don't I don't be like, I don't have my phone. Be like, I don't have it. People be like, you don't have your phone? Be like, nah, I'll it at home. What do I need it for? And I think that would be I think that'd be a, a move, I'd be a very interesting move. Because I remember when I was a kid, that was only that wasn't a very long ago. I just run out of the house. I didn't have a fucking cell phone. I didn't give a shit. Be home when I get home. You know, I knew I knew the way. So I don't know. I mean, I'm curious to see if this, if we can open a doorway where these companies, these really big companies, don't have any control. Like they have control over uh, podcasts in their store, but they really don't have control over podcasts in general. You want a podcast, you want to listen to somebody talk, you can go find them. You can go find them and you can listen to their stuff and you can download it. Like I have that option. Like say Apple Store banned me and Google Store banned me, you can go and still listen to my podcast and stream it directly from my website. It's super easy. Super easy. And you can download it right from there. Boop, there's a stream button, a play button, and a download button. It's super easy. So the only bitch about it, all of it, was if I had to change uh, providers to my website or domains, but I could still transfer domains. So I, there's always options. There's always a way out. There's always a choice. But I'm just curious, like if this transferring of files, this guy solid, this guy interrupt, whatever it is, uh, if that has any any value in possibly creating a whole new internet where the user has more control and more privacy when it comes to their their information, their data, if that's a possibility, I would I would like to hear more about it. So uh, we are at 46 minutes. Let's go ahead and move on and close up shop. Ooh, what's that? Oh, I don't care about that. Actually, I'm just curious. What's, uh, no, I'll look at that later. Actually, I'll look at it now because I got freaking, I got two seconds here. I am going to go ahead and get some q and I just want to check the stock market. Yes, to this, today it dropped super hard, went up for a little bit, and then dropped super hard again. 
And yeah, so that's pretty much the case. Eh, same shit, whatever. Okay, who cares? Um, anyways, so let's go ahead and get some Q and A. The first one I've is one I've read. Like I've kind of read that and I've kind of answered it on the podcast. So I'm gonna jump to the second one, and then we'll close up shop afterwards. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, share um, on uh, YouTube, Positive Sarcasm Podcast. And you can also, let's see, donate to the podcast. Just go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount appreciated. Okay, here we go. How can I tell my, this is the, dig Q, the dig.com Q&A, by the way. Q&A, by the way. How can I tell my boss that what she interrupted as groping, what she interpreted as groping, was actually a sandwich hitting her on the butt? Oh, one of those moments. Our grand boss is, let's say, frosty. Elegant, always in glorious suits, not a hair out of place. Anna Wintour type. Renton is a younger 30-ish lad. Lad type. He's well known to sneak out for an extra long lunch at the pub. Oh, this is British. To catch a midweek footy, or Australian, one of the two, and come back for having a couple of pints, etc. My coworker and I were in the kitchen area eating. She was telling me about a program she had been watching and was very animated gesticulating with her sandwich. Frosty Boss had just walked past us with my coworker, made a particularly vehement point, and completely lost grip of his sandwich. We both stayed in horror as it flew through the air and smacked Frosty Bomb Boss on the bum. Frosty Boss was right next to Brenton, and she turned and gave him the dead, deathliest of death stares before stalking away. Uh, Allison, she didn't see the sandwich. She clearly thought Renton had patted her familiarity. We don't familiar familiarly. We don't think Renton ever noticed. No one else was in the room. They weren't in the, the lot of us late lunch. What the fuck kind of? And no one get through this. No one else in the room. Blah 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 blah. Seems okay. Coworker and I were in horrified shock. This is terrible. Didn't speak up. The whole thing was over in less than ten seconds. What do you say? Now the gossip mill is turning like mad. Renton was gone for two days, the same length of time that as our manual, mandatory sexual harassment training module, and it's going around that someone threw a sandwich at him to keep him from molesting the boss because he was drunk. Uh, obviously, we had to fix this, but the hol- holiday break came, and we don't know how to. We need a script. Um, what you have to do, I mean, obviously you have... The person who, the people that are, well, let's face it, getting the death stare out of this need to approach the boss and provide an explanation and just let them know what happened. That's it. And then have it have it uh, recorded. It has to be documented that the, the conversation took place. After that, there's really nothing can, you can do because perception nowadays is reality. What people think happened, they're not willing to go beyond the headline. And that's pretty much where they are right now. That, that's it. Once they read the headline, they assume that everything is what the headline uh, reads, and then that's it. They make their decisions right there because people are impatient. People are stupid. So at that point, you just have the conversation, have it documented that the conversation was had, and move on from there. Other than that, you'd basically just pack your bags and go find another job. Can I, make, can I complain to my kid's daycare because I don't agree with my kid's teacher's religious beliefs? My daughter, Brynn, is a two-and-a-half-year-old and has been able to stay in the daycare throughout the pandemic. Our area has been relatively few COVID cases, and the daycare facility has been great about cleaning, keeping going, blah, 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 and, but there's a, ser- a new surge in new infections. On top of that, Brynn's class at daycare just got a new teacher. I scoped around on a Facebook profile and learned she's a pretty young, very involved with the church, conservative Christian branch that doesn't allow women to wear pants or cut their hair. 
And her previous childcare experience is teaching Sunday school. My husband and I are both raised Catholic, but are now atheists and do not plan to raise Bryn with any religion. The teacher's church has been holding services in person and only started requiring masks in mid-December, seemingly after someone in the congregation had COVID. I'm seriously worried about both the added risk from such a person's activities outside of work and having someone with such strict conservative religious beliefs, especially about women and girls teaching Bryn. Are either of these concerns we bring up to with teacher day or daycare director? If so, how, how do we plan to pull Bryn from daycare? You know what? Fuck you and fuck your kid. Um, I don't know why you're all, first of all, you're all of a sudden you're going down, you're going into this person and Facebook stalking the teacher. Okay. So that makes you weirdo. Number one, number two, you obviously have a problem with her religion, which is quite frankly, uh, not a cool thing. That's not a cool thing. Just because they are a different religion, now you all of a sudden you have a problem with them. And you automatically assume because they're religion that they're not capable of making smart decisions. Uh, people are out there trying to live their lives the best they can. Pull your fucking kid from the school then if you've got that much of a problem and you're going to shit on this person. If this person loses their job because of their, quote, it has any inkling or any assumption to do with their religion, that person, that little Christian woman can go ahead and sue the school and make a shit ton of money because you decided to open your stupid mouth. So this whole thing, uh, you, I don't really care what you do with your kid. In my opinion, your kid, Bryn, whatever the fuck their name is, is fucked. And you are, I just, this whole thing is everybody's out to judge everybody based on certain things, blah, blah, blah. And they're Christian values. It's our Christian conservative values. I, I, you, you're an annoying person. I can guarantee right now you're an annoying person. And uh, I wish you all the best. And why? And what I mean by wish you all the best, I mean you can go fuck yourself. So let's go ahead and just move on to the next one, okay? Should I be forgive my girlfriend for telling me she was 11 years younger than she actually is? Wait, what? So I met my girlfriend in October. We met on a dating app. It's been going pretty perfect since this. Ever since our first date, we hit it off great. We like each other a lot. I'm currently 29. On her profile, it said that she was 38. Even though she was quite a bit older than me, I was still okay with this. I don't have a problem dating older women than me. We had a lot in common, and she was in great shape and looked amazing, so I didn't see it as a big deal at all. Recently, after Christmas, she told me that she needed to talk to me about something that she had been hiding. She looked really nervous, and I was kind of scared as well, so I could tell she was serious. She finally broke down and told me that she's been lying about her age. I was a little confused. I asked if she was younger or something jokingly. She said no. She said that she actually was 49 and close to turning 50. Ooh, cougar. I looked at her with confusion and was still laughing, thinking she was joking. I didn't believe that she was anywhere she could actually be over 40 with her lurks. What looks? She remained serious. I could tell she wasn't joking. I finally started believing her. I was shocked. I didn't really know how to feel. She was in tears at this point. She kept saying that she was sorry. I couldn't really talk. I hugged her and I told her that I just need some time to think it over before I talk to her about it. She left. Ever since she left, I haven't talked to her besides a few texts. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it. Like I said, I don't mind someone being a little older, but the gap, but that gap, that is quite an age gap. My concern is that as she, we are quite similar now, there will be many changes with her health in the future and she will most likely pass away long before I do. We are at different stages in life this also this almost definitely takes out the possibility of having kids. That was also a concern that she lied to me about this for so long. I know this was out of love and fear of losing me, but she, it still stings and makes me not trust her as much. So my question is simply, what do I do? 
Well, whew, that's a toughie. So you're how old? You're 20, you're 29, and she's 49. So that's what, 20, that's a 20 year difference. 20 years. So if you were 20 and she was 40, yeah. Now, obviously, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Stereotypically, that if, if, she, if he was 49 and she was 29, it actually it, it can work. I know this girl. She's dating a guy who's definitely closer to 50, and she's in her late 20s. And it, I, she, that's what she likes. She's comfortable with it. It's her thing, and great. All, about, all the power to her. This one, I mean, I personally don't see a problem with it. You proceed on. Yeah, I mean, did you want kids? Obviously, if you wanted kids, then that, that is a major issue. That is a major issue because it, it takes out the possibility of a future. That's the thing. If, if you did want kids, then it kills that whole potential of having kids in the future. But if that wasn't, then it's like, well, she came clean. She didn't cheat on you, which is a huge thing. That's, that, that's completely different. Cheating is a different animal altogether. That is a huge betrayal of trust. Whereas this is kind of like, I mean, is it a betrayal of trust? It definitely is an omission. It's definitely a serious omission. But it's one that, well, it's not the same. It's definitely not the same as the, as the former. So can you proceed? I mean, it's not like she hasn't changed any. And I'd be perfectly honest with you, it may only make her more comfortable around you, make her more appreciative of you. And yeah, you are 29, so you are young, a little immature. And quite frankly, I would keep it going. I would just kind of, you may look at her as a different person because technically she is. She's someone who's 10 years older now. 10 years older, making her 20 years older than you. Um. At this point, yeah, you are essentially dating somebody who could be your mom in a lot of ways. Uh, and Well, in the main way. But can you continue to, to talk to this person and date them and see how things go? I don't see why not. You said everything was great and she looked great and there was no issue there. Um, now, you said she was 39. So she was, what, 10 years older? And you were fine with that? then I don't see the difference of dealing with her if she's 49. Obviously, yeah, it's a huge 10 years difference, and I'm, sur- I'm sure when she turns closer to 60, you're going to notice some things. But here's the, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. If you're with somebody, if you're with somebody for a long time, and you care about that person, and you think they're beautiful, and you love their personality, and you guys are just with each other every day, you're not going to see them the same way other people do. You're going to see their beauty and their charm and their personality and all the other bullshit that comes with the relationship. You're going to see it differently. Yeah, you may see some of the, the, the wrinkles here and there, but that person is going to be it's going to be different to you. You may not necessarily see them for their age. And quite frankly, with the, the technology that's out there today, that's another issue altogether. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't run so much from this. I would just kind of let kind of yeah you could you have every right to kind of take a step back take this in and really just observe it for what it is and then proceed cautiously uh but don't run from this and unless the kid thing is a, is a huge issue that i mean that's the whole that's a big thing 
if that was, and let's face it, if you're a guy, you didn't you know, fucking give a shit about having kids. But I mean, okay, some of, yeah, some of you guys do. All right, all right, blah, 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 but whatever. In the meantime, if she's all set and she's still, you guys are still like, before that everything was fine, then just continue on with it and then see where it goes. But I, I get like, you've been with her for, wait, how long were you with her? Met her in October. Met her in October? All right, so it's been what, like five months? So whatever. You met her You met her in October and and things have been going great. You like each other a lot. Um, said on your profile that she was 38. Okay. Well, let's face it. If she's on a dating app and she puts that she's 49, nobody's going to talk to her. Nobody's going to talk to her. So she, And it is a dating app. So if you met her in real life and she, and then I okay, you would have gotten to know her a little bit. You guys would have talked through it. Eventually, the na- the age thing would have come up, and you maybe would have asked her, okay, how old are you? And then, and then she probably would have lied. Um, but I th- I think right now it's the whole thing. I'm just like right now I'm overthinking it. But I think right now you should just kind of be like, um, yeah, we'll just. Let's just kind of see how, where it goes, and um, that's it. Just see where it goes. I mean, if it's if it's still going get good, then just keep going. It's only been five months. It's not like it's been ten years or two years or one year. It's been a few months. You got your rocks off. You're happy. Keep going. See what happens. Um, let's see. Should I read this last one? Yeah, I'll read the last one since I've been looking at it. All right, we'll do this one, and then we'll close up shop. Should I ask my friend to apologize for promoting COVID precautions now that she's gotten COVID? I have a friend, Maya, who's been very cautious about the virus. She has, for the most part, stayed home, having groceries delivered and keeping up friendships via tech. I respect her choices, but I've been quite a bit more out there. I go shopping to the salon and as her restaurants. I wear a mask, I social distance, blah, blah, blah. Maya's tisk-tisk this whole time and said some insulting things about my intelligence. Well, guess who got the virus? She did. I remained healthy and active and tested negative several times. Luckily, Maya was able to recover without hospitalization. I feel she owes me some sort of apology or at least an acknowledgement that I'm that her I'm better than you attitude was wrong. Should I open conversation or just let it go? No, don't demand an apology. But if she gives you any of those tisks, tisks, or like guilt trips, you need to tell Maya to go fuck herself because clearly that those people that are staying home and taking those extra precautions, we and I don't care what you do. But I have a problem with it if you start telling me how I should live my life. Then I get, I, I, I go red. I go full red. And I have a serious problem with that. Um, now, I understand. I did say in the, on the last podcast to be passive about everything you do. But when somebody's blocking you from moving about in your daily life or judging you, then you need to ignore them in both capacities. Now, if this is your, she's a friend of yours, she stays home. Okay, so she's not a roommate? Okay, then who cares? And if she's a friend of yours then and she's doing that, then you need to just stop taking her calls and stop receiving her texts. Those people just need to you just need to stop communicating with them because this is kind of the way it is right now is these people that want to judge you for everything that you do, you need to stop talking to them. And they realize pretty quickly what happens in that situation. If you're pretty healthy and everything like that, great, good on you. Keep doing what you're doing. That's it. I don't care. You just do what you do. And anybody who judge you, judges you otherwise can kick rocks and apparently get COVID. So 
We're at one hour and a minute. Uh, let's close up shop for today. Uh, this one I did a little later in the evening. Uh, let's see. It's been a crazy couple and a half weeks, so trying to find articles and think, interesting things to talk about um, while everything's going on, while I'm in the middle of the move, while all this chaos is taking place um, can be difficult, but you push through it every single week and you try to find little ways to make it better. So uh, in the meantime, you can find me on social media. You can still find me on, you'll definitely find me on Parlor. Well, as soon as Parlor gets back up. But until then, hit me up on social media. Find me through my website. Just go to straightdepositivesarcasm.com. There's all kinds of shit there. Posing music, movie reviews, article archives. I just dropped the second article, um, which is also on my website. And it's also uh, the audio format is available on my website. The video format is available on my YouTube channel, Positive Sarcasm Podcast. Go check it out there. Uh, what the hell was the name of it? Will Work, uh, Will work for Popeyes. Um, go ahead and check that out. And you can also find my podcast anywhere where podcasts are available, downloadable, streamable. And then, of course, my website, positivesarcasm.com. So, yeah, rate, watch, subscribe, listen, share, donate, download, stream, whatever. Um, but in the meantime, thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing. And I will talk to you all next week. Record here from the Spare Parts Underground Studio. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.
Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.